Beach vacations are more than just a few days by the ocean. They're an experience. That's why Beachbound.com offers the unique chance to book beach vacations by experience instead of by destination. At Beachbound, we curate vacations that embody one of our six experiences. Passion, rejuvenation, adventure, togetherness, discovery, and immersion. Now you can experience the beach the way you want to experience it. Book thrilling experiences like zip lines, kite surfing, ATV rides, stunning golf courses, and more at beachbound.com. On another exciting entry of Animation Deliberation, we've got another interview. This one is with an award-winning film composer. Join now, who we had the wonderful opportunity to speak with. She got the best score for 2021 Hollywood Music and Media Award for her score on Blush, which is available on Apple TV+. Also notably known for Walt Disney Animation Studios' Short Circuit, Jinghua, and Netflix's Rescued by Ruby. Stay tuned to our conversation with Joy. After some ads, we have no say over whatsoever. Beach vacations are more than just a few days by the ocean. They're an experience. That's why Beachbound.com offers the unique chance to book beach vacations by experience instead of by destination. At Beachbound, we curate vacations that embody one of our six experiences. Passion, rejuvenation, adventure, togetherness, discovery, and immersion. Now you can experience the beach the way you want to experience it. Book thrilling experiences like zip lines, kite surfing, ATV rides, stunning golf courses, and more at beachbound.com. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back to Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. My name is Jay Scotty St. Clair. I'm Zuhair Ali. And today we are joined by a very special guest. We have with us award-winning film composer, Joy Nua. Thank you for being here, Joy. Thank you so much for having me. And I feel left out. I wish I knew the lyrics to the song and I can join you guys. That was so fun. <laughs> that was really well, fun. Well, now you can learn it and uh, have it ready for the next time you join us. Yes, yes. I was, I was like, whoa, wait, hang on. I want to join. <laughs> I want to uh, know the lyrics. <laughs> well, I- I'm flattered because full transparency, I started to get a little embarrassed. I was like, wait, she's an award-winning film composer. No. I'm just like singing this little jingle that I came up with now. <laughs> no, I, I'm tell- I actually, I, I like to just make up silly jingles on my own time oh. and like no no one would hear it but you know it's uh-huh. fun it's fun it, it makes <laughs> yeah. me very happy so it's no i appreciate it cool. it's funny the last couple of times we've asked anybody if they wanted to like learn it and join along they're just like uh no we're just gonna pass it's <laughs> just too much time right off the bat so i think we just gave up on asking yeah no but that was that like totally put me in the mood i'm like ready let's go <laughs> that was the goal that was the goal i'm happy <laughs> all right well First of all, I want to congratulate you on the award. You received the best score for the 2021 Hollywood Music and Media Award for your work on Blush. Uh, again, congratulations. Uh, very well earned. I just I just guess I want to start by asking, like, how does it feel to be recognized and esteemed with such an honor? Wow. It's thank you so much. I yeah, I, it was very surreal because you know there was I was part of such great company and um, when I got signed on to this film I just you know I honestly just wanted to help tell the story and um, bring this really important film forward so to be able to be recognized through the music it makes me feel very grateful and humbled actually that um, hopefully it, it, it helped 
translate, you know, the message that the director wants to show through this film. So very, very honored. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you did an absolutely outstanding job. Thank you. Yeah, I'll admit that I, I watched this for the first time last night in preparation for today, and I was not expecting to get as emotional as I did. Uh, whenever I go into watching a content, whether it's, you know, for the podcast or just for my own pleasure, I try not to know anything about, you know, voice actors and who made it and how it was made. Like, I want to go in and get immersed in the story as much as I can. And before hitting play, I was telling myself, it's like, make sure you're paying attention to the music because that's who we're interviewing. That's the important thing. Mm. And the second that it started, I totally got lost in it. It was mm. so that's beautiful so nice. for something that didn't have words. And like, I think towards the end, I was like, was I even paying attention? Like I was paying attention to the music because it was beautiful and set such a wonderful tone and mood and the expression of just the whole story. But by the end of it, I was just like, wow, I was not expecting to get like that into it. So like, well done for what a 10 minute film that didn't have a single piece of dialogue in it. Like, yeah, so much. Thank you so much. much Thank you. Honestly, it's all props to also, you know, the team. We have such a wonderful team and this is such a personal story to Joe Mateo, our director. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think everyone just did such a great job. We, we all like poured our hearts into it, especially on a film with such immense meaning, you know, of uh, healing and hope. And I appreciate what you said. Like, to to be honest, sometimes when I write music, like how I know when a score is done is if I'm not paying attention to the music anymore and mm. I'm just fully immersed in the story. And to me, that's that means I've done my job right. You know, it's not meant mm. to be distracting or anything. It's like, did I serve the story? Did I help bring that forward? So I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that it uh, translated. Yeah, yeah. I can only echo Zuhair's sentiments. I think you, again, you speak to the collaborative effort and the whole team coming together, which is totally true, especially with animation. Like between the animators having to, you know, animate facial expressions to kind of convey emotion. But I I really feel like you and your team had to do a lot of the heavy lifting with there not being any dialogue whatsoever. And the, the music did such a good job of transporting you to like this ethereal kind of world, like so otherworldly and and yeah just the the notes of of grief and melancholy kind of highlighted with these like moments of of whimsy and and joy like it really it did the job of the dialogue so uh, yeah again kudos to you for that um but and i want to get back to blush but i kind of want to pick your brain a little bit about some of your background and, and kind of how you got into the industry and what your process is like so upon doing some research i noticed um for most of your credits, you're either credited more recently as the composer or previously the score coordinator. So I was ah, hoping yes. maybe you could provide some insight into, you know, the differences between those roles, like what each role really entails and maybe how your time as a score coordinator kind of prepared you to start taking the helm as a composer. Yeah. Talk to yeah. us like we know nothing about the industry. As I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I um, those experiences was very, very valuable. You know, as a composer's assistant, as a score coordinator, as someone on a music team, that's kind of how I uh, dipped my toes into this industry. When I first moved to LA after college, um, I went to Berkeley College of Music, and oh, cool. when you yeah, then when you get to LA, you know, you just you're fresh and you're just trying to learn as much as possible you know even we had like a music degree I feel like so many things you have to learn by experience so I started Mm -hmm. off as you know as as an intern and then as assistant 
so I've been in all sorts of positions in the music team. Okay. And they're all very, very valuable because I, I feel like everyone works so differently. Um, I assisted, you know, TV composers, film composers, documentary composers. And those, um, I think it was like three years I was doing that. It, it was all such great learning experiences. Like, oh, it, what what does it take for a score to, you know, from the start to finish, how does it get to the, when you see on screen, there's actually so much that goes into that. And mm. it wasn't until I start, you know, by um, helping these composers who are more experienced and who's been in this industry for a while. Then, then I start to pick their brains like, okay, so this is their workflow. How can I use that, you know, to develop my own workflow in the future? So mm. um, as a score coordinator, you know, we're, we're just trying to make sure, uh, everything gets delivered very smoothly from the composer side to the production side. Um, just assisting the composer in general, help make the workflow. Cause it's not just writing music. There's so much else involved sure. um, in terms of, you know, technical preparation, score preparation, et cetera. So those are pretty much my job. So I really on the side while I was assisting other composers, I still kept on with my own composing gigs. Like I, I, um, you know, started off by scoring indie projects and mm. going to film festivals because I know ultimately I want to also develop my own career as a composer. So it was important to me to be able to step out of my comfort zone and just start meeting people in L. And and in LA, that's like the perfect place to be where you sure. can meet so many creatives everywhere. Um, so I think it's like the two. I did them both at the same time, you know, like okay. assisting, but also doing my own thing at the same time. And eventually I got to the point where like, I've done enough indie projects that I feel that I, I, I am able to sustain myself, you know, as a composer. Nice. So it's a gradual process, <laughs> but super fun. Yeah. As a, as a photographer, I can totally relate to just kind of like, you get very comfortable being in one spot and sticking mm -hmm. with that one craft and just kind of working with it. And to be able to like actually step out of that and be like, I actually have the time to go do my own thing and work with other people and try and then, like, there's no harm in trying something else when it comes to arts. But exactly. we, we as artists, because we're so worried of messing up, we, for some reason, talk ourselves out of, taking that possibility of doing something that literally has no consequences to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I really do take every experience as a learning opportunity. Like even now, no matter what position I'm doing, how I'm helping others, you know, whether I'm on a music team or I'm the sole composer, mm. I, I just feel that there's always so much to learn and you even, you never start learning and growing as an artist. Sure. Sure. And, and we're always working. Yeah. And I just have to say, I have such a profound appreciation for people that are able to create music, write music, read music, play instruments, because I, I'm a creative person myself. I'm more in the visual side of things like liking to draw and, and Photoshop and graphic design and stuff like that. But music has always been one of those ones that's a little more abstract to me. So just the fact that people can take nothing and, and evoke such emotion um, from an, an acoustic point of view, like with sound is, is just baffles me and also delights me. So I wanted to ask, you mentioned, you know, going to Berkeley uh, Music College, which is just around the corner from you, actually. Um, at, at what point did you kind of decide like that was going to be your career path, you know, going from uh, 
like how did, what was your first instrument you played? When did you develop this or, and foster this interest? And when did you decide that it was going to be a career? And more specifically, that you were going to work within the film industry as opposed to just maybe being a musician or an artist in another um, format? Yeah, as I like to say, um, what was your origin story? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I found my love for composing through pretty much improvising on the piano. So um, oh, my, my main instrument is piano. I, I learned classical piano since age of six, I believe. Oh, wow. Um, nice. Yeah. Like my parents are really, I was really grateful that my parents just really encouraged us to kind of like take a lot of, try different interests. So I dabbled a bit in guitar and piano mm. and I did even did like art, you know, dance and all that. And then I stuck with piano. I, I, I don't know. I just, I guess I just always felt really connected to that instrument. And I, I remember when I was young, I, um, during lunch break, I was such a nerd that I would sneak into the auditorium and just <laughs> eat where the piano is at. And then I would just like compose music uh, or I, I didn't know it was composing at the time where I was just improvising on the piano uh, based on what mood I'm in and trying to see oh, that, what that feels like. That so and cool. yeah. yeah. And then until the, comp the teacher came in and she was like, I think that's, you can try composing. Like, why don't you tr try that out? And wow. then it made me realize like, Oh, there's, I, I love watching movies. I love, I grew up watching, you know, Disney films and mm -hmm. I just love animation. And the music in that was just so, it's so, engaging to mm. you know no matter what age you're at and even if it's a film that i haven't seen for a long time a childhood film i always seem to remember the music and it just gave such a familiar feeling that like oh once you hear that soundtrack or the songs you immediately are transported back to the story and what the characters are feeling so i i know that's just really fascinated me and um you know i decided mm -hmm. to pursue film scoring uh because berkeley had a uh, major for that and mm -hmm. um and i guess i why i wanted to do film scoring as opposed to just composing you know in general it's like i really love connecting with people i love mm -hmm. talking to people i love learning about their stories i i really believe everyone has such a unique perspective to tell and um so i think in the combination of that you know my love for music but also talking and working with others i i, I felt like film scoring was like the 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 path that I, I wanted to go. So I admire yeah, I feel level really grateful. Commitment because my family got me into piano at first too, because first it was like, just do it. Like if you don't like it, whatever. And I think I yeah. did it for three or four <laughs> years, but it was very like by the books. Like I did it. I did what I was told to do. And at the time it was like, okay, I can play this piano, whatever. And as I got older, it's like, I really wish I kept up with it or some type of, music in general because i come from a family of singers and i like singing ah. but when it comes to like actually playing an instrument it's like i haven't dedicated the time to it as much as i should have and even when covid started like i got a guitar from my friend but then i never got slow from work like i expected to so it's still collecting dust and much admiration because it is something that is very meticulous and takes a lot of uh patience and desire which you seem to have you triggered a couple core memories for me too, talking about um, your inspirations and stuff, because as somebody who grew up on Bollywood movies and Disney as well, I've become a hopeless romantic, which kind of adds to like my feelings towards watching blush. One, two films crossed my mind in particular as you were sharing that story. So I have, I have a question as I'm monologuing. 
Um, <laughs> first movie is when uh, the remake of Aladdin came out. I felt oh. like a child all over again when that music kicked oh. off right off the bat. Oh my god, that's what I thought about, about Lion King. Perfect. Oh, nice. You thought of Lion King? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think that's the era we grew up at, right? Like that. Oh, yeah. Man, it's such a nostalgic feeling, like when that comes mm. up. Like, oh, I'm gonna cry. It was Aladdin <laughs> for me because, like, to this day, because my last name's Ali, like people still call me Prince Ali sometimes. Oh, so, sure. so fun! I, I I felt like a five year old all over again when I went to the oh, theater man. with my mom and I was watching that remake and I was like, this is amazing. Um, right? oh, but man. I don't know if you were ever into Pokemon. Yes, I loved Pokemon. Nice. Pokemon 2000 Lugia oh. song is something that is still stuck in my head to this day. Oh. It is one of the most beautiful <laughs> things I've ever heard. I, I don't even know what else to say about it. Is there anything aside from Lion King that's like influenced you that same way where it's like whenever you're looking for inspiration or just something you think back on like that you just kind of like hold on to from absolutely like, from um i think anything days of animation <laughs> yeah i i love anything joe hisashi writes that i love the miyazaki movies and oh yes. yeah and like his scores always like transports me to a whole other world it's it's, in, it's crazy i feel like his his music has so much depth and um complexity and, mo- and emotion and i'm always just so fascinated how does he do that like how does he mm. how do you like listen to a piece of music that he writes i don't know from spirited away or princess mononoke and then all of a sudden you're like am i in a forest or like am i yeah, some like yeah. in, a, in a distant memory like it just makes me feel that way so i i absolutely love 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 his scores and i, I love all those movies <laughs> yeah yeah big miyazaki fan here and um I guess one of the it seems like one of the themes of those movies a lot of time is like that you're dealing with like either a very young or more often not like a a woman protagonist that's kind of like dealing with the loss of innocence and mm-hmm. kind of like a coming of age and 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 taking on like this larger than life adv- adventure to kind of find their identity, find their bravery and find who they are. And I, I think that's you know while maybe not beat for beat the the same but with both blush short circuit uh, Jinghua, um, I think those those themes are kind of there as well, where it's got this tone of otherworldliness and um, adventure, but also also this kind of feeling of loss and, and sorrow. So, um, and, wow, and you just summed share... it up perfectly. You yeah, just the, summed the, it up perfectly. Yeah, wow. I mean, the two share so much in common. There's virtually no dialogue. And they're ultimately dealing with the processing of, of loss and grief. And yes. I just wanted to ask, is this like a coincidence or is there something that attracts you to projects like these? You know, I, that's Are why you I said you summed good? it up. So, I know, you just summed it up <laughs> so perfectly because I, I didn't even think about that. But you're right. I, I, like I, I never really questioned why am I so drawn to these projects? But I guess, I, yeah, the, I'm just fascinated by human emotion and all, mm-hmm. all those faucets of, of life. Like it's not all happiness and joy there's also some mm-hmm. bittersweet moments and that's just what life is you know and the emotion mm. of grief you know it's felt it felt so it's felt universally um but what these films ta- teach us is like it's not just about sadness there's also mm. remembering the good times and how do yes. we move forward by building mm-hmm. new connections and um holding to that and i 
wow, I, you really summed it up so perfectly. I'm like having goosebumps. <laughs> like, oh, I think, is that why I love these projects? I guess so. <laughs> they all have that tone, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You're more um, expressive with your music than you gave yourself credit for. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's great. I really give props to the filmmakers to to explore these emotions. It's, it's really, it's, 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 it's deep and, and it takes a lot of vulnerability from their end. Mm. To put themselves mm. out there like that and um, whenever someone does that even in a regular conversation I feel really honored and blessed that thank you for sharing you know for sharing your story because mm. I really love hearing that I love be feeling connected to someone else it, it does make me feel alive as a human being but also as an artist sorry as an artist but also a human being that's a mm. <laughs> yeah that's the way yeah and I Another another you know thing that these two shorts have in common. I want to get back to Jing Hua specifically um, about something you brought up with the instrumentation there. But both directors, um, Jerry Hune, I believe it is with yes. Jing Hua, mm-hmm. and then uh, you mentioned Joe Mateo with Blush. They dedicated their shorts to um, loved ones they lost. I believe yeah. it was Joe Mateo's wife, and then um, for Jerry, it was his uh, grandfather, mm-hmm. grandmother, and cousin. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, I just wanted to ask about how closely you got to work with these directors and maybe how that um, influenced what you brought to the table from a musical standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. They When I first met them, met Joe and Jerry, they, they were mm-hmm. both so incredibly brave and and generous in sharing their vulnerability. You know, it, mm. it really opened up such a great conversation about why they want to make this film and what does what do they want the films to represent and and in in the case of blush joe you know of course experienced so much sadness and he said mm. i really want this film to hopefully bring some healing and hope um in times of grief and times of sadness in times of isolation because we did this film during covid um oh, okay. and and those conversations really help i think those initial meet and greets with the director and also um, to be able to talk to them and then have them share, you know, their story. It, it helps me as a composer because it, um, it, it becomes like the backbone of the sound palette of anything that I write for that film, because like, I would think, I would think really closely to, you know, the why, what, what is the purpose of this, uh, of this film? And then it makes me think of my musical choices with intention Right. So um, all of the these experiences, they because of their vulnerability and willingness to share, um, it just serves a. I, I really want the music to serve that purpose, and make sure right. it comes back to this this core, no matter what I do. Mm. Love I that. hope that answered your question. <laughs> oh, you, you you answered it wonderfully. Thank you for those insights. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think how to use words now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I guess yeah, yeah you I really mean, just I, blow my mind with that. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm replaying blush in my head as you're as you're sharing this too, because again, when I started the moving, I had no idea of the background. I didn't realize it was um, like a love letter to a true story, and I'm I'm thinking about how the end of that movie really terrified me. Because mm. the logical part of me is like, oh, she disappears at any point. How is he supposed to breathe? And yeah. you forget about oh, it because right. you're immersed. And then you see it happen. And you're like, I'm actually like, first off, like work's actually been trying to kill me. And I was <sighs> exhausted as I was watching this. I cannot get you how quickly I flip my recliner and I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. Like, oh, mm. 
like really mm. invested in this. So to so that emotion of the music getting more intense and him suffocating and the animation quality of this was incredible too, from like the dirt Insane. of his boots to like un- understanding like the passage of time because of like the scruff on his face. But like as he's losing mm-hmm. his breath, like you can see the tears drying up too. Yeah. So uh, so now understanding what the story was that influenced this and representing the suffocation of loss with actual suffocation in space like yeah that was incredibly powerful it's, and then yeah, knowing so that support is what helps you get that together knowing that this is a phase that can be walked through it's very difficult it's very painful but knowing that you need to open your arms to you know loved ones to get through the next phase and find that metaphorical in this case literal breath of fresh air again like yeah i, I don't have words this is just really <laughs> yeah i mean and the fact really that the little girls me. just lost their mother they don't need to lose their father as well so like he yeah. needs to you know find the strength to be there for them yeah yeah Man, totally it, this film is it's incredible because when i first brought into this project there wasn't even animation it was just really? storyboards and oh, artwork okay and the even when I watched just the artwork, I felt so lost for words. Like, like, like what you guys experienced. It's like, I just sat there and it was like, how do I respond to this at this moment? Cause I'm still processing it on my own. It's such a, it, it really touched your heart so deeply. And, mm. um, it, the, you know, the concept of breath kept coming back and actually that inspired mm. a, a lot of the score um i actually mm. added some bl- uh, breath elements into that and it's and, and where it's place is very intentional like when the um when when he first sees the the pink alien there was right. breath that comes in you know and then mm. but when she leaves the breath goes away for a second but it comes back again when when he when he's embraced by his daughters um it's all very intentional, and that's what I learned a lot from this school, uh, this process of scoring Blush and for Jinghua, any of the other projects too. Is that every the music when you're scoring for a film, everything has to have intention. It's not just mm-hmm. I'm just placing it there and hope it works. It's like I'm really right. thinking about okay, if I put this note here and I use this instrumentation here, and I start the music here, etc. Like, is it serving something? Am I helping the character? Am I serving the story and mm. i feel that that's our our main job as a film composer is like to really bring the di- director's vision and story forward um so i feel so thank you for sharing you know your experiences of watching blush i yeah it, it, it really makes me touched you know to hear that it it translated so yeah. oh, i just I, I gave you a follow on instagram too as you were explaining your stuff oh, so i'm looking really? forward to all the future projects <laughs> as well nice um, nice so you, you mentioned talking to the director and like being speechless when you looked at the all the all the pre-production stuff yeah how does the process work for you from there like do you have a moment to process and you go home and like the music just starts coming to you is it something that you work with people and develop over time like what what's what's kind of like the mental stages of like putting these pieces together? Yeah, so actually, when I saw those storyboards, I wasn't officially hired yet. They were still looking for composers, so they were just like, "Are you interested in submitting a demo?" And you know, of course, I said yes because the storyboards were just so powerful. And you know, because of NDA reasons, I wasn't supposed to have the storyboards, obviously. So I just mm-hmm. really tr- like re- 
and this is where you know talking to the director, really understanding them, comes in handy. Because without picture, I'm just like, okay, what what do they what what does Joe want to say? Okay, he he told me his backstory, how when he first met Marianne, his wife, um, mm. how she, she just took his breath away as soon as she turned around, and she had this very innocent. Uh, blush on her face it is a true mm. story like they wow. and i i just felt so moved by just that like he said like i i knew it and he was in i don't know high school or something and okay. it, that it, it was he, the way he described her i even though i never met her mm-hmm. um i i feel that i'm living the memory of her through his words wow. and so wow. when i was starting to come up with the themes that's just through pitching i'm like what what does that feel like when a very innocent when you look at someone and then you start to have butterflies, what does that feel like? So I came up with the simple piano notes, um, which became the theme mm. for Blush, um, just by trying to visualize what does what does it feel like to be at that moment. And you know, and then I started to send some demos, and they they really loved it. So I, I feel really grateful that it resonated with Joe. Um, and from those theme, uh, we started talking about okay, so you know, Blush uh, also has showcase another faucets of emotions like grief what does that mm. feel like using this mm. so then i started to write something that has a ver- use the theme but create a variation of that and then like mm. oh what does it feel like when it's have a little bit of hopefulness something like that so it, it's a really fun thematic development um mm. based on the musical idea and because this film has no dialogue having something that's very uh having a a theme uh a memorable theme is really uh, can help the audience can guide the audience to this story without dialogue. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And I think the award, you know, like I said, it's well-deserved and it's, it speaks for itself, the incredible work that you did, but just to hear you tell that story, how Joe poured so much of himself and his personal story into that. And for you to present him with what you're working on and to have it resonate with him. I, ha- I imagine that has to be, there's like no other feeling like that as an oh, artist to be, yeah, there really um, is. When they told me I was hired through Zoom, I I cried. I had no professionalism wow. there. I just like I was like, yeah. <gasps> and they were just like they they were so sweet that everybody was just like, oh man, I wish we recorded you. Wow. You were so sweet. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this is crazy. It's so weird. I really feel like like minded people. Just you know, I wasn't afraid to be myself, <laughs> even though uh-huh. I guess I should That's have been cool. more professional. But I wasn't afraid to be myself. <laughs> and thankfully, all of my like collaborators and partners, they all accept me. <laughs> So mm, I guess, mm. I don't Aww. know, that, that worked out. <laughs> Love yeah. that. Uh, yeah, and uh, a, f- a few things as you were describing this kind of process, um, they seem like natural transitions for some questions that I have. But um, you was was this process with Blush, was that kind of unique? Are you typically presented with storyboards or like animatics? Or do you usually have a more complete project? And has it ever been like, almost reverse engineered where you find that like the music you're presenting goes on to influence the animation or the direction more so than you were anticipating? Um, so in terms of uh, animation, I think that it's more common for composers to be brought on board early on. Um, okay. And so right now I'm scoring an animation TV show and I've been mm. brought on when the animatics aren't even out. It's just some storyboards or even scripts. And um, I've been brought on to just like develop character themes and uh, location themes and all that. Because I think it really helps 
inspire the animation too. They just like how mm-hmm. I'm inspired by anything I see on screen. They said they're also inspired by the music for certain timings. So I think it is pretty common for um, an animation to be brought on board a little bit earlier to score to sometimes scripts or uh, early storyboards or animatics. Um, for live action, uh, it's some. It's it depends on the team, but I feel like mm. in terms of animation wise, it's more common. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And I get to and see I, some cool artwork, which is really fun. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As as an artist, that's that's great that you get those like early insights to that. Yeah, for sure. I want to get back to what you kind of mentioned about live action, kind of the diversity of your career. Uh, but while we're kind of on this subject, like, how is it that you find yourself getting involved with these projects? Are they something that you're seeking out, or? Uh, at this point in your career, are the creators seeking you out? How does that How does that work? I feel like it's both ways. Um, okay. I I feel like the studios are listening. You know, there's there's a lot of work to be done that encourages like they want to. He- everyone wants to hear a new voice. Like we want to hear new hmm. perspectives and new stories. Um, you know, so many people want to see their you know, themselves represented on screen. And I I just feel Mm -hmm. really fortunate that I'm in this industry right now where I feel like, yes, I'm seeking to, I want to seek for projects that help celebrate diversity. At the same time, I feel like they're also giving a chance to up and coming composers and artists and creatives. And I, it all, you know, it's, it's thanks to so many, uh, experienced composers who paved the way for us, I think. And I think that it's, the time is now for us to just be yeah. bold and share. Like, like for example, Disney, the short circuit, that's a really unique program where. Yeah. Um, super cool. But, yeah. The, my, my uh, director, Jerry, he shared that like, it's, it's just like a, anyone can pitch anyone that works at Disney. You don't have to be a director or, you know, a, a, a screenwriter in at Disney to pitch for this. Anybody can pitch. Mm. And it's just such a cool way to showcase talent and to discover talent. And to just mm-hmm. see such a wide range of projects, like just looking at those episodes, every everything, every episode is so different. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and they do; they're not afraid to try something new. So I, I, I just feel that I think that people are listening. That it's time to try something new. Agree with your with your uh, comments about like inclusion and people making more music that's relevant to culture or history or where they're from have you had or have you experienced any music like that in something that you've watched that's made you feel like connected with culture and somehow like for me for example when ryan the last dragon came out that was a big deal for me because i have been training filipino martial arts for the last seven years (gasps) and in that like my teacher actually has been teaching me how to play the drums with him Wow, and it's also just a huge part of Pakistani culture, is you know, tabla, and you know, whenever we have like house parties and stuff, and everyone's singing together, you just grab the pots and pans out of the kitchen and start making music together. Uh, so the drums and the 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 style of music in Raya was super impactful, and I just fell in love with mm-hmm. it right away. Have is there anything that you've watched that's made you feel that way? So I, I loved the, uh, Raya for sure because I also saw a lot of influences in Malaysia. I'm from Malaysia, so it was super mm. cool oh, wow. to see, like, yeah, to see that. Oh my god, they're eating satay or like something that I'm used to, used to, you know, growing up. <laughs> um, I guess uh, I, I really enjoyed Mulan. I mean, she was 
she's mm. up till now is still one of my favorite Disney movies because she was just such a badass, and I look up to oh, her. Yeah. And when I was, it, I forgot when it came out, but I was a little girl when I saw that, and it was just super cool to be like, wow, there's a Disney princess that's the hero. You know, that's how cool is that? And I believe it was um, 1998. Okay, yep. yes. Yeah, so how cool is that? And even now, I I'm still. I, I will still watch it <laughs> on movie night oh, yeah. to, to feel inspired. And it's just so cool to see those. And like you said, um, Zahir, I, it's, it's just nice to see people represented. Like, Encanto was really cool. And the, oh, that yes. music score was amazing. Jermaine Franco, like props to her. She was so cool. And I really look up to her. Um, yeah, the Riot score was really good. Turning Red was really good. We talked about Marvel but off screen. Uh, Miss Marvel and Shang-Chi, yes. the music put in there was incredible. Yeah, and yeah, shout out, shout out to Laura Cartman. Her score for Miss Marvel was super cool. I just love that composers now are able to, because there's more and more content out there that celebrates diversity, it gives us a chance to kind of, ooh, let me ask something from my culture or for what I understand to, to, the, to the score. And how many great, you know, there's just so much anyone can bring to the table just because this opens up. Like, let's not stay in the safe zone you know there's so many cool cool ways to express you know these all these really unique stories black panther that's a really cool score too like the, the oh, yeah. so fun it's <laughs> yeah just so many it's a great time to just be inspired i think everyone is, just wants to hear new things see new things learn new things and i feel really fortunate the the animation show that i'm working on right now i can't say what it is yet but the, it's it, it's a show that also goes into different uh cultures and i get to use a lot of world oh, instruments like, i'm sorry but it will come <laughs> out soon <laughs> but um yeah it's it's cool it gives me opportunity to like ooh, let me find some amazonic instrument and just bang mm. stuff and create cool. new textures or like record different inst- unique instruments i never used before and it's just it's fun like it just gives such an opportunity to to be creative Oh, that's yeah. so exciting. You you mentioned Black Panther and that like Ludwig Göransson is like he continues to impress me with just how catchy his themes are, but I can't help but think so um with season 1 of The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. they did the gallery season, uh, series where they showed, you know, every episode was de- dedicated to like a different um part of the process behind the scenes and I loved the episode that focused on the music and Ludwig Göransson. So I, I wanted to ask is, um, have you seen that? And like on the subject of like your peers and, and people that you kind of admire, is there anybody that like you'd absolutely like jump at the chance to work with like collaboratively? Oh, he's one of the, I haven't met him before, but we're, we're represented by the oh. same agent. So if you're hearing this, <laughs> reach out. I would love to meet you because <laughs> I loved his, I, I really love his score for so many things. Um, <laughs> Turning Red, Mandalorian, uh, Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With you. So um, any composers right now, uh, there's there's so many. Um, everyone's so bold and trying mm. you know, new things. Like what uh, Laura Carmen, like I mentioned, she, I really loved her score for Miss Marvel just because it, it, it really showcased oh, yeah. that like teenage teenager phase, but then also with like so many um, traditional instruments, but also fun beats. So I think it's so cool that there's just so many opportunities to kind of combine things that you, you wouldn't think will work, but like, Oh, here it goes. And like the score for turning red as well. It's like the, the Chinese mm. 
these I think he used or like a flute, Chinese flute, but then combine it with hip hop okay. beats, like totally brought us to that era. <laughs> so um, yeah. yeah, super cool. Yeah, that was another one that I think spoke to our generation specifically with like the throwback to like 90s yeah! and early 2000s boy bands oh plus her cultural heritage there. Yeah, that, that movie was an absolute delight. I, I did want to go back to Jinghua for a moment. Um, and, and even with Blush, like you mentioned the piano theme and with the breath, like when you said that, it reminded me that there was, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but there was actually like a fair amount of like vocalization, if I'm not mistaken, that there there actually was there. And I think that really helped deliver uh the emotions and i appreciate that and that yeah that seemed a little bit different from um some of the other stuff you work on and specifically with like jinghua i noticed it was a lot of violin i believe that's the instrument yes, i was hearing cello yeah so for okay oh uh, cello okay yeah cello we went to, we for jinghua we went with cello because that was a conversation i had with jerry like do you want a, a traditional chinese instrument there like perhaps erhu or would you prefer i can you know you maybe try a cello and he was okay. he said like he wanted it to be a really universal emotion uh mm universally received so at that point he was like let's let's try with cello and see what that sounds like he didn't want it to be too on the nose with that since it was already chinese calligraphy and Mm. uh and thank you for saying the whole vocal thing about blush because that was me (laughs) oh wow that's incredible i'm not a vocalist but like i that was that was a fun thing for blush where i recorded it you know at my home studio at that time was during the pandemic we didn't we couldn't go to a professional studio to record it um, and I thought, okay, so let me just record myself because I have ideas about vocalizations and because we want to showcase the element of air. So I really wanted right. to feature lots of, yeah, uh, wind instruments or like wind chimes or vocal textures, whatnot. So I recorded myself first thinking that someone like a professional vocalist will replace it after. But then the director and the team loved us so much. They're like, no, 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 you're not replacing that. We just... We want to keep that. I guess it's like there was an element of shyness because I'm I wasn't really comfortable, um, but I try. I just had fun doing it. But I guess that translated. That they said that that represented the 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 character really well because it's very shy and it's innocent. So let's go with that. So I had a lot of fun doing that. And I, I from that project, it actually encouraged me to start adding my own voice um, into my scores. So uh, yeah, that was fun. That's amazing. Uh, so happy for so you. So in my attempt to learn some terminology and whatnot, there's a part. So at the part in Blush, when I'm actually like watching the scene over and over as a talk so I can explain it properly, when he's holding her for the last time. Uh, yeah. Is it just called vocalization when they go like, uh, oh, like that's stuff like, a- like that. Like, what what is the what's the term for that? Because I'm paying attention to it a lot more. But like I said, I don't like keep track of it, so I can't give another good example. But the second <laughs> that it happened in this, I was like, God, that sounds so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Oh, I felt so touched. It's so cool to hear other people de- depict what I did. <laughs> I never had this happen. So I was like, whoa. Um, honestly, when I did it, I didn't think about. To be very honest with you, I didn't. I. I didn't think about, you know, any terminology per se. It was just like, okay, that moment felt, especially when she, that exact moment you were describing is when she kind of falls in his arm. So I, mm. 
I don't know, it just felt right when I was kind of recording myself. It just felt right to kind of drop as well. I, terminology, I guess that's portamento. I'm not sure. But I just felt mm. like that that part felt right to just go down because because she's she she left. Um she fell she fell. So like it's such it's another so th- example. That was your how, voice? Yeah, that was my voice. <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, thank yeah. You. Um, you you want to try to reenact it for us? Nah, I, you know what? I, so the funny thing is, I try re-recording it sometimes, and then the music supervisor is like, "I don't, 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 don't get rid of your vocals because, I mean, maybe a professional vocalist can do it again, but for me, like, because I I was just feeling at that moment, it's I could maybe mm. try again, but it's like that's another to me such a beautiful thing about composing, like some or like coming up with ideas because sometimes i feel like i and i think to myself like if i didn't start writing at this moment would i come up with the same thing like if i write like an hour later would i come to this specific i don't know you never know i guess but it's just such a yeah it, it becomes a bit spiritual in in my opinion like when, mm. when it's about composing uh how come that a specific moment inspired you to do that thing <laughs> yeah um well i'm so glad that that was captured because it's wow <laughs> thank you thank you i think it really encourages me to yeah to just try it try try new things it 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 really encouraged me to like add my voice and things now so thank you for saying so that. you talk about it being spiritual and everything and i totally get that where you just get like in the zone that you don't even think about like recreating or recording or yeah. anything like that have you ever like caught yourself in the zone and like try to just hit a record button somewhere and like maintain that or is it all just like fully immersed and then you're just out of it and just oh i should have recorded that um uh, no no there were moments for sure where i where, where i was improvising in my head but i didn't um i didn't hit record and sometimes i'm like no i didn't hit record <laughs> um but uh <laughs> no i mean this it's i guess it's like it happened all different situations happen. There's not really one side, but like, I, I've got to say though, like when when you are in the zone and you forget like time and where you are, and you're just fully mm-hmm. doing that thing, and composing is the only thing that makes me feel that way. I think mm-hmm. I never yeah. found something else that makes me feel like it doesn't really matter what time it is. Like I, it's I kind of it's you're in, you're in the process of flow, and I think mm-hmm. that that's for every creative they have their sense of that and i think that becomes like your emotional outlet like i think that's why i gravitated towards you know going to the auditorium and doing lunch break i don't know like just i feel like that yeah. was a way for me to express myself um whether mm, totally. it's you know through art or writing photography like every like i just feel so inspired when i whenever i see someone in their zone mm. i feel that with the martial arts more than anything because I hope my students don't listen to this part, but since I've been playing the drums, like with Guro during like sparring sessions or during uh Carenza, which is like the Kali equivalent of shadow boxing, I wow. get so into the drums. I'm not paying attention to what they're doing. So when right. there's like a debrief afterwards, they're like, what did you think of this guy's movements or how that person was like, <laughs> I was trying to keep tempo the whole time. I was trying to match what Guro was giving and this and that. But I also feel the same thing of like when I'm on the mat and actually like getting in the space, I get so lost. And when it's over, I'm like, man, can we not go over like another three hours or something? Yeah. And I actually had this conversation yeah. with my mom about like, 
how I haven't felt that way going to like going for prayers and stuff and actually sitting in a prayer hall because something about sitting and being immersed in my own thoughts doesn't mm. click the same as like moving and being accountable for something and then just forgetting that I'm in that space. It's kind of like uh what was the other Pixar movie with the jazz artist? Um Soul? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was I love that so one too. perfectly represented about how he's in this bubble so and literally in a different dimension. That, yeah. that the way that they show it is literally the best way to explain it. That was an amazing movie. I think a lot of us creatives can relate to that, right? So good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's when we do our, our best work. And for me, it's when I'm drawing. Like I can relate to everything you, you both just said. Like hours can go by. And I usually have a pretty accurate like internal clock. But when I get into that zone, it's just hours mm-hmm. and hours will go by and I don't even notice it. So I think that really but translates. Getting started to... is always the tricky spot. Oh, yeah. True. No, for True. sure. I'm always. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a little bit of a mental battle. <laughs> I feel that every time yeah. I start a project, uh, there's lots of self-doubt that kicks in. Sure. And just uh-huh. like, but then once you're in the zone, like it just, just need to cross that mental hurdle, I think. And then and then. And then you're in the zone. <laughs> yeah, it's Love like that. kind of tapping into like almost like an out of body experience where y- you are not. I, I'll I'll speak for myself, but it's like I am I kind of cease to exist, and the the creative force just kind of takes over for a mm-hmm. while, and it's kind of freeing in that way yeah. with the stresses mm-hmm. of this modern world, just to kind of be able to escape it for a little while. Um, yeah. But another one of those forms of escape for me, escapism, and uh, is. Video games. Uh, we mentioned Pokemon earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I, I sounds like all of us can appreciate video games, but I want to talk about what remains of Edith Finch. So um, oh. you mentioned a, a few of the live action uh, properties, and we'll get back to that. But obviously, um, we're focused on animation here. But video games are a form of animation, and I, I had the pleasure of playing what what remains of Edith Finch. And okay. again, I have to kind of like note these these recurring themes. Like it's it's this. M- sense of exploration and melancholy again yeah. doused with these these moments of hopefulness and um and and mystery again so i'm curious about how you got involved with that project specifically are our video games uh, a realm you continue you would like to continue to work in yes absolutely i uh the the composer for that is jeff russo uh, i got a pleasure of assisting him my first year of LA and it was really cool because he works on such a huge variety of projects like uh, TV shows films also Mm -hmm. video game and that was really fun because actually in in college I took video game scoring class and got to learn a little bit about that because that that realm is also uh, the way you score is a little bit different because you're not really scoring to linearly it's a bit more I don't know in my head it feels like it's more vertical because you're everyone plays the games different and you don't know the timing is not locked, but like, how do you, you know, add layers to the music to increase the intensity or like, mm. how does it uh, morph seamlessly between each stage? Like, I feel like that, that whole, um, how to say that, that art of scoring for video games is also something that is a whole other arena. And um, I sure. definitely wish I can like be more involved in that. That was yeah, one of the few, just like one of the very few video games that I was involved in. But yeah, it's it's such a cool way of storytelling too. And so many video totally. games are just like, like you said, like that, what uh, Edith Finch was such a cool one. Uh, I think there's so many other narrative video games that I really like. I really liked Heavy Rain. That was really fun. Oh, cool. Yeah, the score is really good too. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had much experience. Spirits? No, but I feel that from the name, I will like it. <laughs> yeah, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, not that's only the one that, that kind of looks like Miyazaki brought to life. Oh, it kind of feels yeah. like the kind of stuff that I would like. <laughs> that's yeah, the one yeah. that I said is basically uh, like Raya and Assassin's Creed put together. Ooh. Oh, okay. I know Journey. Have you heard of that one? That, that yes, is so yes. freaking beautiful. Like the, I just want to screenshot everything from that <laughs> video game. A lot of like cool ones, like Ori and the Blind Forest. That soundtrack was really good too. Ooh, yes, I love um, both the Ori games. Ori games were great. Yeah, yeah. So it's there's so many. I, I just feel like this. <laughs> I, I'm so like fascinated by how many art forms there are to express yourself. Like, like it's not just film, TV, shorts. Uh, podcasts, you know, like there's so mm-hmm, many mm-hmm. ways to be creative. Video games, totally. you know, like it's it's what a good time to be in this industry. I think. <laughs> Is there any yeah. music in the world of anime that has stood out to you? Animation. Sorry, you mean animation? Like anime specifically. Oh, anime. Oh, uh, I loved Final. F- oh, okay, that's I guess that's Final Fantasy. Does that count? Well, that's that's more I th- than I think say yeah. But, yeah. Um, but also, let's see what else. Uh, anime. Oh my god, I I should know this. I I really I loved um, Sakura growing spot. up. <laughs> yeah. Do Do you know Sakura, the card captor? I don't know. I really liked her, that anime. I loved Inuyasha. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Hmm. What other anime did I watch? I don't know. I guess that's the. That's I'm doing the my binge <laughs> of My Hero Academia right now since the new season starts up next month. Oh, I didn't see that one. And that the with with everything that happens in that show like now that i'm re-watching it the music like either amps me up or brings me to tears because it's just so powerful like all the messages that go with it and it being like affiliated with that insanely amazing music too like that do 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 like whenever that comes on i'm just so fired up and just like ready to do whatever you know another enemy have you seen attack on titans that, oh, yes. That's, yes. That's, that one yeah that one i mean it's scary the music especially the music <laughs> makes me feel even more scared but i feel the same way when i hear the the theme mm. and i'm like yeah let's go let's go let's go yeah i haven't seen the latest season i that's the last one i need to see the the, the final season i haven't i'm not caught up well, we uh cast it on that every episode so feel free to check oh. us out as you're going on if you need someone to talk to yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh, so cool. Yeah, that's the that's the next one on my to watch list. I know that is it all out? The the whole one whole fourth season left. is is out, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a that I would say that's the most recent anime that I've seen. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Add Demon okay. Slayer to your list. Yeah, yeah, Demon Slayer is, is quality. Oh, It'd be right yeah, up your alley I, as well. Cool. That sounds fun. I see that advertised on it's a Netflix. I think Netflix is Yes. 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 I think Hulu does like the weekly releases, but like what's already out is on Netflix. Cool. Oh, mm-hmm. and Death Note. Sorry, have you guys seen that one? I love Death yeah. Note. Yes. Oh yeah, that was fun too. Yeah. My, my cousin gave me, you know, so there's there's like that book that he gave me the physical book that says the Death Note on, it, and I'm like, I don't. Oh, okay. Know what to do with this book because it just feels <laughs> really scary. Anyway, he gave it to me when I was a teenager. I don't know what to do oh, okay. with it. It feels is scary. It like, like right? Is like, it like leather book. or like? Yeah, moleskin. Okay. Yeah, the cool. moleskin, the same exact one as the anime. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. So that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you're drawing it. Don't be very. Yeah. yeah I was like, do I try? Drawing it, just don't be too detailed to someone's face. 
<laughs> yeah. Sorry, totally uh, off topic, but um. No, yeah, no, that's I mean, great. That's, as you're talking yeah. about it, I'm like, right? I've seen more than just those two. Come on, like you got this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I I do want to pivot a little bit and um talk about some of the live action properties you've worked on, and it's it's kind of interesting to me when you look at um all the work you've done in animation and even the little dabbling in video games with what remains of Edith Finch. Uh, but like I'm looking at some of these these credits, like Impractical Jokers, the movie, ah. Cobra Kai, Legion, mm-hmm. and they just seem like so diverse in tone where like Impractical Jokers is a, what I assume is like an unscripted. I mean, I've watched a few episodes. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if you worked on the show at all, but I, I know you definitely worked on the movie. And not the uh, show. But something. What's that? Just the movie, yes. <laughs> oh, just the movie. Okay, okay. Well, I imagine that's a little more scripted than the the show typically was. But I have to imagine, you know, given that just the concept and the format, they probably did a fair amount of improvisation. Mm-hmm. And then Cobra Kai being action with a a heavy comedy bent with a lot of nostalgia built in there too for the '80s as well as. Yeah. Um, I, I I noticed the the nods to like Asian culture, especially with like Miyagi Do and those moments of like Daniel doing his 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 meditation and his kata. And then with Legion, oh my goodness, just one of my favorite shows of so all time. Fun. And the way that one like toes this line between trippy mindscape and horror elements, like mm-hmm. like yeah, it's just it's really interesting to me to to me the diversity of those projects. And I, I think you've spoken to it a little bit but I just kind of wanted to pick your brain about the the process of um, anima- animation versus live action. And then specifically within live action, like these different kinds, like a, a, a drama, like miniseries versus, you know, something that's a little more reality TV based or right. like even like comedy versus drama. Right. Um, I guess for that one, it all depends on the team and how the production likes to work. Sometimes okay. we get when we score a miniseries, sometimes they send us the entire eight episodes at once and then we just watch it and then that's where we go or it can be like a weekly thing like oh or every two weeks you have a new episode to score so it really depends on the production company how they work um Mm. those projects was kind of what i mentioned earlier was when i was on the music team so i got to support these incredible composers like zach robinson leo burenberg Mm. jeff russo um and it's just so cool to to learn from these to, from these composers who's been in this industry for a while and how they mm-hmm. like to work. Cause I definitely think it takes a village <laughs> to oh, meet sure. those deadlines. And it's, it's very fast paced, uh, mm-hmm. lots of things that goes behind the scenes for that. So I feel like it's important for composers to have a team uh, to start building a team too. Once you start do- going into these shows and, um i so like what i mentioned earlier like animation i get to be brought on a bit earlier um to start thinking about the theme sometimes for live action tv shows you don't really have much time like i'm scoring a live action tv show also at the same time and it's so cool to see how different these two projects go like um Mm. there's a bit less time to to dabble in themes and everything because everyone's just trying to meet the deadline for live action but again it depends on the production company you know the deadline so much is very uh variable so um yeah i mean i i just feel fortunate for these like you said diverse tv shows that i got to assist on and be on the music team on it 
also has different scores, you know, different instrumentations, different ways of writing, like you said, you know, Certainly. the 80s uh, comedy, action, um, drama, like what horror. It's just all, of, it, it kind of helps prepare me as a composer to be well-versed and sure. to, be, to be versatile because we, you know, we ultimately, our job is to support the story. And if this, if this story calls for a horror score, you know, we got to be ready for that. If this story uh, calls for a more action-based score, we got to be ready for that. And how do we uh, make each score very unique to the film? I think that's always what I, at least I, I really try to strive for. Like, I don't want it to be sound like another action, a, a generic action track. Like, I just want to add some unique elements to it to best represent the characters and the stories. Yeah. Uh this is just kind of a question I came up with off the top of my head when you were talking about that, like towards the end there, like generic action scores. I actually have kind of <laughs> yeah. been doing a rewatch of like the James Bond movies and kind of hopping around. Ah. And I watched the first of the Pierce Brosnan um, ones, Goldeneye, that came out in like 1995. And like the music is so like, again, credit to anybody that, you know, puts their does creative work because I know it's not easy to put anything out there, but honestly, the movie like took the music took me out of the movie. Sometimes it was just so oh. like, just, like <laughs> there was such a discord there. So I, I, I'm like curious uh, do you, when you're like watching something and listening, is it like ever difficult for you to get immersed because you're so uh, paying so much attention? Yeah. Um, It depends what mindset I'm in. Sometimes I do want to okay. just watch the film. So like then I would, but then I, it's hard because I like you said I really pay attention to it, and then it's like it. I will start, yeah. I just I just pay attention to it. But if mm. but I feel that once I don't pay attention to it, like I'm not really I'm like listening to the story, like you said. I feel mm -hmm. that that's the best. I don't know the, <laughs> that means the composer did their job because it's not distracting. Sure. It's not in the right. way. But it, right. but again, it depends. Sometimes the music has to be in the forefront for certain, you know, sure. like the music has to be very, very dramatic in those big action scenes, maybe to, you know, accentuate the action or the, the, the danger of the situation or something like that. So, sure. no, I learned to appreciate all the scores, but when I'm watching something, I try to turn that brain off. And then once I'm done with it, I'll, I love to listen to the soundtrack on its own. Mm. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Is there any scores that you guys like recently? That you uh, well, now? One oh, of my favorites of all time. Now. Okay, go ahead, Zier. Are you, oh no, go ahead. Up? Now I gotta think of one. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> this one's not super. You guys on the no, no, no th this one's not super, super recent. But anytime I'm asked this question, I, I have to bring up Tron Legacy. What Daft Punk did Ooh. with Tron Legacy, I love that score so much. I'll put it on anytime, anywhere. Oh, so fun. It and gets just you hyped get lost out, in huh? it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. That's one. right. Yeah. Uh, I've already mentioned Raya and my hero, but um, now that House of Dragons is on, Ooh, hearing the Game of Thrones that. score again and the variety of music in that, and that that opener is just such a banger. And yeah, <laughs> the fact that they used the same one and kind of stayed consistent with that style of music was just great. Yeah, that's hard to score too because there's so many characters. So that's where thematic writing really comes into play. Like. Because mm -hmm. there's so many characters, it's it's helpful to have a theme associated with each character. To so when the audience here like ah, this is the Lannisters or this is the I haven't seen the recent House of Dragons yet, but I that is on my to watch list. 
Oh, a lot less um, characters. I- thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I had the name of that composer off the top of my head because if not, if I'm not mistaken, it was the same gentleman who did Westworld, and I love ah Ramin uh, Ramin Jawadi. Yes, yeah. yes, I love that the opening to Westworld, everything about it, especially the music. Oh yeah, um, that's a good one too. <laughs> yeah, but also Dune, D- Denis Villeneuve's 2021 Dune, directed by Hans Zimmer. I think that one definitely uh, just transported me to another world it took me to arrakis it yeah uh, and again that one featured a lot of vocalization i think like even thinking about it right now my i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it like it's it's really powerful and i enjoyed that one a lot yeah and how uh closely the music just supported the visuals right like they both were supporting totally. each other it's it's so such a great work of art in general totally Totally. Another one I just remembered. The Batman. <laughs> the Batman? Everything about okay. that was just oh, so intense. They, and they, yeah, and they. Tr- I feel like they went with a very like noir kind of style too, which is kind of cool mm. for, mm-hmm. for the Batman. Yeah, that was really cool. Good old um, Michael Giacchino. Yeah, I love... Yeah, he's one of my musical heroes too. I mean, his anything that he writes is really good. Yeah, he's actually getting the opportunity to direct for the first time with Marvel um, just announcing their Halloween special, Werewolf oh, by yes, Night. Oh, yes, I saw. Super yeah. cool. I saw the – yeah, I'm so curious to see what the what it's going to be about because the, the trailer or the teaser looks really unique. Mm, totally. Totally. I'm a horror buff, so I'm, I'm definitely on board. And um, I think it's Ga- Gail uh, – Bernal Garcia, I believe, is the actor's name. I might be butchering that, but yeah, he's he's. I should know his name better because he's been one of my favorites ever since The Science of Sleep. Uh, oh, he was great in that. Nice. Oh, sorry. Another, mentioning another score that's super cool. Um, it's Moon Knight. Have you guys seen that one? Yes. Yeah, because yes. that that's score really was one. epic, and the composer, he's just so nice. I got to meet him recently at a, an event. And oh, he's cool. Just so nice and so humble, and I just love nice. meeting composers like outside of their composing element, just as a human, like, ah, you did this. And like, if they're a super nice person, it makes me want to support them even more. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow, you're so yeah. humble. I mean, and he's so successful now. I mean, it's, and rightfully so, because the, the score was incredible. Oh, Is it a definitely. lot to try to put like the face to these names? Like now that you're in the industry, when you hear something for the first time, you have to be <laughs> like, I need to know what this guy looks like next time I go to a networking event. Uh really but then when i meet them authentically and they're super cool people i i just it, it does make me want to support their music more because <laughs> like it's like wow you're so talented but also you're a really cool human being like actually another person i thought of was the queen's gambit composer carlos rivera he's so nice oh, such a cool okay. dude super nice down to earth very humble so like now every time his name comes up i'm just like yeah that's amazing or like <laughs> the Cobra Kai composers like Zach Robinson Leo Berenberg like oh, they're just nice. such okay. nice people and it's 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 cool to be it's nice to be in the industry where everyone can support one another and be inspired by one another because yeah ultimately you know it's all competition but that that's not how I like to see it like it's I genuinely just want to connect with others and learn from others there's just that's a, a, a better I don't know I, I don't want to lose track of why I'm doing what I do you know, it's not for the like, competition um, or anything. It's just, I want to feel inspired. I want to see a film or, a, you know, a, a content that makes me feel inspired, write music that hopefully can inspire people. Yeah, it's it's really refreshing to hear that you have such a healthy perspective. And I think 
that mindset have ser- has served you well so far. And I think, you know, the accolades you've garnered so far in your body of work really speaks to that. And I, I think, you know, your trajectory is only going to be upwards and you're going to be standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder with a lot of these people you're, you're showering with praise right now. But oh, thank um, you. F- from, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, for my purposes, I don't have too many more questions prepared. Um, I'll open the floor to Zuhair if he has anything else. And um, of course, want to provide you the opportunity. I know you've got like NDAs and I've mentioned a couple projects that you can't really talk too much more about. But if you want to direct our listeners to anything specifically um, oh. that we haven't brought up here, um, by yeah. all means. So um, something really cool that happened after Blush was they hired me to score the Skylands Animation logo, studio logo. Oh, so it's actually oh, wow. it's it's in front of the it's gonna be in front of all of Skydance's production, like and the most recent one is Luck on That's Apple amazing. TV. Yes. So when you see the thank you when you see their logo, it's actually a homage to Blush because they use the they they still did the planets and also the two spaceships, and I got a chance oh. to, to to use the blush theme for their first studio logo, which is insane. Uh, Such a crazy, crazy, crazy honor. And also almost floored myself when I, when they told me that, but yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) it's so cool to, I I just feel really grateful for, you know, Skydance's trust in me. Yeah. um, You know, to score something like that. I don't know. I was so, so psyched. I'm so happy (laughs) for you. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Check it out. It's um, I'm really proud of that logo. It's super. Mm. Yeah. I love it. It represents the studio well. <laughs> <laughs> so I only have one more planned question for you. What happens outside of this is a totally different story. Uh, <laughs> so we had another interview last week with the uh, the animation lead for Central Park, which is also on uh, Apple TV+. Plus. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what I talked to her about is something I want to ask you about as well. I'm an Apple fanatic. I keep up with all the products that come out, all the services. I was very skeptical when they said that they were coming with a streaming service because oh. the main pitch these days seems to be we take a popular show like The Office and we snag it from everything else. We isolate it in a show to make you sign up for it. And then they bring the original projects on top right. of that. Mm-hmm. Apple TV was very unique and it's like, we're just going to make our own stuff right off the bat. I believe a lot of the stuff that they've made has been incredible. Um, oh, stuff yeah, like Ted Lasso, Mythic Love Quest, uh, Battlefield, it. Defending Jacob. Do you have favorites on Apple TV? So while people are hopefully Coda. signing up to watch Blush, they can check out this other stuff too. Oh yeah, well Luck is amazing. That that's the first feature that Skydance came out with. Coda is a really good movie on Apple TV Plus as well. Uh, Ted Lasso, of course. Like that was that's why I signed up for Apple TV because that show is so good. <laughs> Mythic Quest that's was one of the really best fun. shows I've ever seen. Period. It's so good. It uh, yeah, it just makes my heart so warm. And it came out. I think it came out during the pandemic, right? And it just it brought me yeah. a lot of hope. Oh, service <laughs> a, yeah, a, yeah, a lot of hope during that difficult time. But um. Yeah, I mean, there's there is so many cool content on there, uh, that yeah, to name a few. So definitely sign up for it because I also selfishly want you to watch Blush and check out the logo. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's there's and I know there's gonna be more cool content coming out because they're they're just such an innovative company and yeah, <laughs> that's all I'll say about. Yeah, it. I I love the stuff that's come out so far, and I can't I can't preach it enough. And for it only being like what four four dollars a month. $5 yeah, a month? no, I think it's so mm. worth it. It's 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 worth it. It's it's one of the oh morning show. That's another really, oh, really yeah, good. Yeah. I really like that show as well. 
So the last yeah. season of C is out with Jason Momoa. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. That's another one I haven't seen, but I heard really good things about it as well. So honestly, Action there's is incredible on that. Yeah, I I know a lot of people <laughs> complain about oh having to sign up for streaming service, but at this point I have yeah. them all. I have them all. <laughs> it's okay. It's 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 yeah. my job too. I I want to watch it and I'm passionate about it and I yeah I I want to support it. So yeah, at this point I have them all. Just love consuming <laughs> good content too. Exactly. Like it's it doesn't feel like a job after after a while because I do you know I do love it and that's the way it, I feel that this industry is going. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, that's incredible. I'm extremely uh, happy for you, excited for you. Uh, again, congratulations on Blush. Congratulations on the Skydance opening logo. That's, I mean, that's amazing yeah, to know you. that every single Skydance uh, production is going to have a little touch of joy there. So, oh, um, thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Such an honor. Super, super grateful. And please, 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 please come back to talk to us when the secret inclusive project of yours comes out. Oh, I would love. To. I really will. That one, I have a whole new thing to talk about. So I would definitely, I, I would message you guys like please have me on <laughs> yes yes we'd love to have you on. Ever want to talk and, anime i'll definitely have you on for that too <laughs> yeah i just want to nerd out and talk you know that's the thing like i love this field because like i really feel like there's so many like-minded individuals i feel like i can be myself and be a nerd and not be afraid you know be be ashamed of it it's like everyone just loves loves you know content so yeah yeah, I, I think we should stu- do a Studio Ghibli episode at one point in time, and I think you'd be a perfect <gasps> oh, guest for that. So, I'd love to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zuhair, you mentioned Joy's Instagram. and uh, Joy, is that some place you want to direct people? Um, oh, yeah. Any it's, other it's, social it's, medias? So all of my social media is just Joy Ngao, J-O-Y-N-G-I-A-W, and um, you'll find me on there. It helps to have a unique last name <laughs> yes, yes all the joining out is me <laughs> yeah well uh I, I can only say again it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you thank you for your time thank you for the work that you put out into the world the beautiful music um that's going to do it for me this week uh what a great episode what a great interview what a great conversation uh thanks to everybody for making this show possible and for tuning in that's t-o-o-n-i-n thank you and so as much. always stay whelmed Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome. At Kroger, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in-store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Kroger app and save from wherever today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. You can save an extra $10 when you spend 40 or more on a great selection of participating items. Just look for the signs and save at Kroger. 
I never, ever thought I would open a business for myself. And then I had a baby. Meet Patrice Mousseau, founder of Satya Organics, a skincare company created for people with skin issues, powered by Shopify. When Esme was about eight months old, she developed eczema. The doctor's only option to me was steroid creams. I just started experimenting in my kitchen crock pot. I actually found something that cleared her eczema up in two days. After about a year or so of just selling it out of my kitchen window, I decided to make a business out of it. Shopify templates are fantastic and their customer service is absolutely stellar. You can buy Satya online, you can buy it in stores, you can buy it in our social channels, and that's all made possible by Shopify. When you're ready to share your business with the world, grow it on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform trusted by millions of businesses like Satya. Get a free 14-day trial at shopify.com slash free22 and start selling wherever your customers are with easy-to-use tools and friendly 24-7 support. Go to shopify.com slash free22, shopify.com slash free22. Gorgeous gaming, stunning streams, unbelievable bandwidth. It's another Lifestyles of Gagillionaires. Meet the AT&T Fiber customers winning at life with hyper gig speeds. Meet Gagillionaire Terry. While his love of streaming horror movies has him constantly on the edge of his seat, his internet bill won't give him a scare. Oh, don't go in there. I'm telling you. Because since Terry upgraded to AT&T Fiber with hyper gig speeds, he doesn't worry about data caps or equipment fees. Come on, man. The door's open for a reason. And best yet, he also doesn't stress about a price increase at 12 months because with the amazing Gagillionaire lifestyle comes an exquisite sense of tranquility. <laughs> Most of the time. Live like a Gagillionaire. Get straightforward pricing with AT&T Fiber, internet that upgrades everything. No data caps, no equipment fees, and no price increase at 12 months. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 323232 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 323232 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 323232 now text grade to 323232 